We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. And now, joining us here on the Bear Report podcast, we have a special guest. He's here to break down. The Senior Bowl, draft prospects, a little bit with the Chicago Bears. He was actually down in Mobile doing all of that. Let's welcome in Quentin Crisco to the show. He does work on ONTAP Sportsnet and also hosts the Shaving Points podcast. Quentin, first off, man, thank you so much for joining us. I know we've all kind of known each other for a little bit here on Twitter. Um, you're always a great Twitter follow, but um, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, let, let's kind of get into it. Um, you were down in Mobile uh, most of the week. Uh, you went to the practices and the game, or was it just the practices? And then, um, I guess, how was the experience first off uh, for you going down there? Yeah, so I just went to the practices. We uh, we hit the road back on Friday morning, so we caught practice Tuesday through Thursday. And I'm still trying to find out where I if they're going to send out all 22 tape or not of the game. Cause I want to, I want to watch it, but <laughs> I didn't have time on the, on the Saturday after I got back to actually watch it uh, in general. It was awesome, man. The, the whole week being able to be there, have, have access to, to watch practice. You know, it's not something that you, you do a lot, you know, unless you're in high school or anything, you're, you're not really going down to a practice field watching these college players or pro players actually practice and work on getting better. So it was just really cool to be able to to go there and watch that and watch, you know, how a, a guy loses a rep, but then the next rep he he adjusts and how how that whole process goes. It, it was really uh, fun to see and cool to be able to talk to some of the players after and um just generally see the full process and see guys go through their ups and downs throughout the week. It was awesome. Well, and kind of before we really dive, you know, into the senior bowl and what you saw, the one thing I did want to plug uh, while you were here is your awesome uh, customizable (laughs) document that you do um, with basically free agency, the draft, you know, all of the above, man. I think it's, it's awesome. I think it's a really good, tool um that bears fans can use especially i mean we've talked about it a ton on this podcast man the bears have a lot of a uh, lot of cap space they're gonna have a lot of draft capital 
it's going to be a really fun off season. Um, <clears throat> but unfortunately for us, uh, we are sitting here on September. Sorry, September. That'd be great if it was September. <laughs> uh, we're sitting here on uh, February the 8th. And we've got about another month and a week or so before free agency starts. Um, so if you go to uh, Quentin's uh, page, which is Butkiss Stats, uh, you can go on there. You can find the document. I think it's really cool. I'm just curious, like, because you're you're very clearly a numbers guy and very clearly much more intelligent when it comes to stuff like that, uh, you know, than I am. Um, how did you come up with all this? I mean, this is pretty a really cool <laughs> tool for fans to be able to use. And just I'm sure it was a pain uh, trying to build the damn thing. Yeah. So it all started. Um, I'm I'm, I'm going to count accountant by education i work in banking so excel is something i'm very familiar with um and i use it all the time for stuff and last year going into the off season i was i was just building something to play around with for myself and then as i started doing that and i posted some stuff on twitter and people were saying that you know be really nice to have something that they could just input like that. I was like, well, I can do that. I have it already built. Like <laughs> I just did it for myself. So I just put it out there and pe- people really liked it. So I did it again this off season. Um, and yeah, it was, it clearly wasn't built out with all the free agents and everything. But as I was, you know, looking at it, I was like, well, I can just get all this information from, you know, over the cap of who's a free agent, put it into a table and just do V lookups and that, that should be easy enough. And it, it was, it's really probably not as much work as it looks like once it's built out because I already had all the pathways in the Excel file managed in it. So it was just building the almost, I guess the database of player names and then figuring out the figuring out contracts is the hardest part. Um, as you could probably assume it's uh, I lean heavily on uh, PFF Brad, Brad Spielberger for his top 100 free agents. And luckily this year, I did not rip him off of them. <laughs> Last year I had a, the free agent table in there. I had it password locked and I did not realize it unlocked the second you shared it. So I was, uh, I was a little disappointed in that. in the fact that last year I just gave out, gave out the info but this year I redacted it all and his his list is a huge help to to doing this. And then for the other, you know, 300 free agents, I just try to to go by go by ear on it. You know, there's so many league minimum contracts each year and there's so many um, restricted free agent tenders and stuff like that. So that covers a lot of it. And then there's still probably about 100 guys who I need to try to estimate and find comps for. And that, that's just what I do with it. Going to the Senior Bowl now, um, being down there, what was one of your biggest takeaways, I guess, from what you saw in practice? Maybe it was someone that stood out to you, um, how the practices were handled. Um, what did you kind of take away from from those days? Well, so as far as the way the practices were handled, it was uh, it was interesting to see how different each team was. There's the American team and the national team. And the national team practiced first every day, and their practices were much more like – much more rigid – like that they'd go do go do one-on-ones and they do team and they do one-on-ones again and they do special teams and they do something completely different it was just very all over the place which i'm sure there's strategy to um keeping guys always ready or something along those lines but it was very different from the american team practice where it was almost like by the third day you knew what they were going to be doing it was like they were 
on a, on a, a tight schedule. And it felt more like that. Um, as far as guys that really stood out to me, I mean, the, the first guy by far is Iowa state edge rusher, Will McDonald. I mean, he just, I, I think he was clearly the best player on the field for the three days of practice. And I don't know if you guys know much about him, but he was, uh, he was asked to play out of position a lot at Iowa state really playing like a, a four tech five tech at 235 pounds or so, which is, you know, I mean, you're asking a guy to play three, four defensive end, basically at 235 pounds. Um, but at the senior bowl, he was able to really show off his, the bend that he has on the edge. And I mean, the thing that really stood out to me with him was he, there was a point in the American practice where they were doing one-on-one. So it was like the same two guys, two reps in a row, one-on-one. So it was Will McDonald against, uh, Darnell Wright, who, you know, is a first round projected offensive tackle and Will McDonald smoked him around the edge. Then the very next rep, Will McDonald hits him with a, a inside move to bull rush to spin and beats him again. And it's it, and Darnell Wright is a, a heck of a football player. Like to, to beat him two reps in a row says a lot to me. So I thought he was clearly the biggest win, winner of the week of the week of practices. Um, Aside from that, one of the biggest winners, I thought my, my highest rated player from the week was outside of that was Darnell Wright, I believe, who, like I said, is a very talented tackle that was expected uh, as far as I was concerned. But a guy who surprised me more was Matt Bergeron, the offensive tackle out of Syracuse. Um, and, and I should probably uh, preface this with this all with I was focusing on O-line, D-line all three days of practice. So uh, for for the project that we're doing over at Windy City Gridiron, the Build the Board project, I was with Robert Schmitz there, and he was focusing on uh, receivers and defensive backs. So most of what I'm going to talk about is O-line, D-line. But Matt Bergeron out of Syracuse was a guy who, coming into there, I you know, I, I liked him enough, but I, I didn't think that he – I thought he was a clear step below some of the other offensive tackles in this class. But all three days, I mean, he looked like one of the best tackles in this class. He was just – he had, he showed a uh, – really a power that I hadn't seen on film before, just, just a raw stopping power in one-on-ones that was really impressive and something that I didn't think he had to his game going into the week. So that was really encouraging to see from him. Um, one other guy I'll mention is Wanya Morris, the right tackle out of Aaron. You, you'll like this out of Oklahoma. Yes, I'm sure, sir. sure you know him a little bit. Um, I, I, I was high on Wanya Morris coming into the week, and I was looking for some verification on on why I was high on him. And it it just seemed like he has gotten a lot smoother throughout the whole season at Oklahoma. You know, you saw him at the start of the season. He was a little more choppy, a little little less refined, and he got better as the season went on, I thought, on the tape. And for this week at the Senior Bowl, he was just such a smooth athlete, which was different than what you saw week one at Oklahoma. Um, but you could see the athleticism always. And I thought he, he put on a great showing uh, on the offensive line and is – probably a guy who would be a really good fit for the bears as a more athletic offensive tackle, a good mover. Um, 
same with Bergeron. I think Bergeron would be a great fit for the Bears too. Will McDonald, probably not as much just because that's more of a 3-4 edge rusher. But those were the three guys who really stood out to me. Yeah, Wani Morris is a guy, you know, with, with Oklahoma being an Oklahoma fan, unfortunately. I Now I have to say, unfortunately, because I feel like they're just in for – a few years of a of of not great product, but yeah, he he's somebody that's going to be really interesting because I feel like if this was the Ryan Pace era, I don't know that the Bears would be overly high on him just because there are going to be some character concerns. Uh, he was, you know, he did get suspended. He had some issues uh, last year going into this year, so it'll be kind of interesting. But yeah, like you said, I mean, he's definitely he was one of their better offensive linemen as a whole. I mean, obviously. Uh, you know, they have a few guys that are coming out of this draft that are going to get drafted. Um, you know, their their left tackle is probably going to be the guy that goes first overall or not overall, but, you know, first overall in terms of Oklahoma players. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely somebody that's that's going to be interesting to kind of keep an eye on. And I think that he's probably, at least in my opinion, uh, from what you know, what I saw from him in Oklahoma, he may be a little bit more of a developmental guy. Like, I don't know that the Bears would take him and let's just say, you know, second, third, fourth round, somewhere in that range, and then count on him to start day one. But he's definitely somebody who I, you know, depending on what they do on the offensive line, I think that he could be somebody that could at least push Braxton Jones or you start him off in a, in a reserve role and, and see what happens. But that was actually going to be kind of where I was going to go with this is, you know, obviously you name some, some guys on the offensive line and you watched a lot of offensive and defensive line. So I'm curious, you know, you, you kind of covered some guys that, that stood out to you, um, it seemed like everybody was raving about this offensive line uh, group at the senior bowl. Who were some of the guys that were a little bit more disappointing? Cause I know at least, you know, reading some reports, there were definitely some names I was a little surprised to see, but I'm kind of curious on your perspective of guys that maybe were a little more disappointing or just flat out disappointing. Yeah. As far as guys who were a bit more disappointing, um, let me see here. I'm thinking I'm when you're, you're saying that I'm thinking of guys who, it didn't their play did not match the tape um it from my opinion at least and really let me see here honestly i felt pretty much like the eye test there matched what i saw on the tape i know a lot of people were disappointed with uh blake freeland the offensive tackle out of byu um i actually the, the first day i was a little surprised cuz he was more athletic than i expected him to be but uh, generally, he had a rougher, rougher week. Um, Jarrett Patterson, uh, Notre Dame, the center. Um, he's a guy whose tape I I really like, and I seem to be in the minority of that a little bit. Um, and he played. So a little background on this: he was a center his first what I think three years starting at Notre Dame, and was you know widely considered last year there were people saying he could have been a first or second round pick at center. Um, and which, you know, obviously everyone's a first or second round pick every year until the draft gets a little closer, but he got pushed over to, uh, to offensive guard last season because he, he tore up, he tore his peck and then they felt more comfortable with him at guard and their backup center in than any other combination. So they pushed him over to guard and he struggled some last year at guard, but at the, at the practice, this, uh, the senior bowl practices, he spent most of two days at guard and only one day at center. And really just kind of, in my opinion, 
looked like he can't play guard at the next level, which, you know, was, I'm sure a little disappointing for, for all involved there because he's, he's a really heady player, smart player and a good enough athlete just probably lacks the strength to, to play guard in the NFL. And that showed out during the week. Um, And then let me look here. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. To be honest, I had more surprises than... uh than disappointments along the offensive line just because some of the guys who I was a bit more down on um, showed some versatility that I didn't know they had, which kind of helped them. And some of the guys who I wasn't so high on were probably the ones who didn't perform as well, um, which was honestly a little validating for me. (laughs) But um, like Richard, Richard Gorage out of Florida offensive tackle, I wasn't that big a fan of his tape or from what I saw on his tape. And he, he struggled some during the week. Um, and yeah, really, I mean, a guy like Steve Avila, he looked fine throughout the week, um, but he's really not a fit for what the bears want to do. I don't think just his, his mobility is kind of an issue there and that's going to be tough to fit into his own blocking scheme. So I just kind of wasn't watching him probably as closely And then Jalen Duncan was an interesting one. So Jalen Duncan, for anyone anyone who doesn't know, I mean, you watch him and the athleticism flashes. You know, you see it right away that this guy has the athleticism to be a franchise left tackle. But there's just – there's always something in every game that I've watched of his where it's like a few boneheaded decisions or a few misreads and – it, it just tanks down his his grade in the game for me. And that's the way the first two days went for him, as far as I was concerned. It was like you saw some flashes, but you saw more bad than you did good. But then on the third day, he completely turned it around and just like, I don't know if it was like I, I'm, I'm going to leave a lasting impression on these scouts or what, but like he he had a dominant day in the third day of practice. You mentioned you uh, you pay attention a lot to the offensive line, the defensive line, and that's obviously big need for the Chicago Bears um, yeah. this year. I mean, both sides. So, you know, I, I, I they're going to address it in free agency. They're also going to address it in the draft. 
And the senior bowl is interesting to me because, you know, it's, it's the seniors. Um, it's a lot of players that are really fighting for draft position. You're, you're not going to get a lot of guys that are, you know, going top 20, top 25, uh, you know, all the time looking at it that way and looking at what you saw, what do you think of this class? Um, at least the players that were at the senior bowl overall, maybe on, on the offensive line and defensive line, do you think it's gonna be a strong one? Do you think the bears can wait maybe till day late day two, day three to maybe find a guy um, maybe that was in the senior bowl or will it be guys that are probably projected a little higher that might catch their attention? Yeah, I think this O-line class is extremely deep. Um, and maybe that's, that's a flaw on my part of this is the first time I've, dug this deep into an O-line class and I'm just saying all these guys are good. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm uh biased in my viewpoint on it, but I really do think this is a really good O-line class. Um, and I think there are going to be guys late in the day two and early in day three who are going to be starters in the NFL. Um, like some of the versus. The the thing I said about guys showing me more versatility than I thought they had, like a guy like Mill Ecky or out of Alabama, it was an offensive guard. Some really kind of odd aspects to his tape, like his his stance is very um, just different than what you've probably seen before, what I've seen before, and I I was knocking him for it, um, and I think part of it was at Bama he's undersized and he needed to get as much leverage as he could. And his stance was extremely low to the ground. It was like, it was almost like you wondered if he was uh, tipping pitches with it a little bit here and there. But at the senior bowl, he took set, he started taking reps at center. And all of a sudden he was looking really good at center. Um, now that's practice. I don't know if that'll translate to game, but that's, it, he looked like a guy who could potentially play center in the NFL during those practices when I was sitting here saying he's a guy who's probably not going to make an NFL roster prior to that. Uh, so that's a, that's an example of a day three guy. Um, I already mentioned Wanya Morris. He's probably a late to late day two, early day three guy who I think has chops to start in the NFL, assuming that all the personal red flags, like Aaron mentioned with the suspensions and such uh, are behind him. Um, and then Let's see here. Jarrett Patterson is a guy who I still think can play center in the league. You're probably looking at a late day two, early day three guy there. And Kurt, uh, McClendon Curtis at uh, Chattanooga was a guy who I really liked. Uh, I, I spoke to some after after one of the practices, and he he's a guy who has uh, tackle guard versatility. And I haven't I actually haven't gotten his tape yet. I, I was looking for it some today, but at the practices he I thought he looked good and. He's another guy, especially being out of a smaller school like Tennessee Chattanooga that you could definitely get later in the draft that I think has has some real chops to to be able to play. Now, on the defensive side, I was really impressed by a guy named Yaya Diaby out of Louisville. And he's a guy who would really fit. He took he took some practice reps at three tech, but he's a guy who would really fit the defensive end role in in this four, three Matt Eberflus defense of, you know, being able to, to hold, hold a run lane and be able to get after the passer a little, there were a handful of guys like that there as well. Um, obviously everyone knows Keon white. He just got projected as a first rounder, I believe by Lance Erline in his latest mock. Um, 
but there were a few other guys who fit that that four three defensive end mold there. Um, let's see. I think Thomas Incombe was one of them. I forget what school he's out of, but uh, a smaller school guy. And DJ Johnson is a guy who who fits the out of Oregon who fits the the look of that. Like he has the frame for it. But I just I didn't see him much all week do, doing much that really jumped off for me. Um, and then there was one other guy who I thought would fit well, Tavius Robinson. So I actually I somehow missed everything that Tavius Robinson did, but his stats that that we had access to a, a stat portal that used the tracking data and these guys and these guys uh, helmets and pads to show explosive efforts is what they called it. It was like you cover X amount of yards in under X amount of seconds. It's an explosive effort. And Tavius Robinson had the second most, and he's a guy who I think is probably going to be late day too, and would fit that, that defensive end mold that the bears are looking for. Uh, But as far as the edge rushers go in this class, I do think it is much more geared towards, um, towards the three, four standup edge rusher than, than cutting in the four, three hand in the dirt deal with linemen right off the, right off the snap kind of kind of frame yeah that's kind of one of the at least in my opinion that was kind of one of the downsides of the bears going back to that four three front that they have because it is a lot easier to find edge rushers you know that 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 sit in the three four that can kind of be more off the ball guys and stuff like that so it's going to be it's going to be interesting because i mean you know as we're as we're talking about this it's like you know ron rivera has some quotes today on deron Payne, and i i don't know man that doesn't sound like a guy that's going anywhere <laughs> i had thought for sure that he was going to be somebody who hit free agency but he i don't know that that didn't what i read just now didn't really uh didn't really sound that good so you know it's going to be very interesting to see because i mean you know you, you talked about focusing on the defensive line and the offensive line and i mean those are two areas that if the bears there's going to get any better that that that's where they have to start. And I think the offensive line is going to be easier to fix just because, you know, free agency. And then like you pointed out with the draft and, and how good of a draft class this should be both, you know, at tackle and on the interior, but then you look at the defensive line and I think that's kind of where I've been struggling with the most is okay. The interior should be easier to fix, but then you start looking at edge rushers and even a guy like Will Anderson. I mean, there's some, there's some questions uh, from a lot of people, whether or not he's actually going to be a good fit in a Maddie flues type defense, you know, that usually uses kind of bigger defensive ends. Um, so that's definitely going to be interesting. Now I'm just kind of curious because I haven't actually been to the senior bowl. I know Zach said that he has, uh, and I'm assuming this was your first one, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. this is my first time. So, do you have uh, what you have any like favorite memories? Anything cool that happened or that you got to do uh, while you were there? Um, really, I mean, it was just cool to, you know, be walk, be going to. There's there's two bars that pretty much everyone goes to there at night, and you know, you'd see Ian Rappaport out there. You'd see uh, you see Luke Getzey come walking through, and you know, you'd, you'd meet you'd meet some people who you know, likely never meet elsewhere outside of either covering football or being someplace like that. And that was just, it was really cool to uh, be able to meet some, some of the fellow bears, uh, bears media people and just, you know, uh, talk with them, just get to know them and get to know, some get to know some of the bigger names a little bit too. Like I uh, got to talk with Matt Bowen for, a hot minute which was cool for me because he went to my high school 
Uh, and yeah, just, just meeting people, talking to people. You see, saw Ian Rappaport about 50 times in the three days. Cause he was always walking around somewhere. And, uh, it was, it was just cool to, to be on the same level as those guys. Looking at free agency and the draft, um, is there one player that's your dream player, whether it is free agency, the draft, um, that the bears could land that that's realistic, you know, obviously, you know, everyone would say Patrick Mahomes or, or someone, you know, something <laughs> realistic. Yeah. Realistically. Um, so the draft, I mean, I am a huge, huge fan of Jalen Carter. Like I, I would love for Jalen Carter to play for this team, but you know, he's, he's largely the number one or number two prospect of the draft for a reason. And it's realistic for the bears right now, but I think that's too easy an answer. Um, but if they, if they missed out on Jalen Carter, and this is not just because I'm a red Raider, but I love Tyree Wilson, like watching him play is just, he is different. Like he reminds me a little bit of um, DeForest Buckner coming out of Oregon which is that length and both were a little raw. Their stats are even pretty similar. Um, I'm interested to see. I think, I think that Tyree Wilson is going to destroy the NFL combine. Uh, he is just going to put on a heck of a day, but he, the thing that's really intriguing to me with him is he is just so long and it, when you watch his tape, his length just, completely takes the read option out on its own sometimes with how much read option is growing in the NFL and how, you know, it's, it's being used anywhere where they have a running back or a quarterback who can run it all. I think that is a huge asset to be able to add to your defense, a guy who can just wipe out read option to a side of the field. Sometimes like one, one of the biggest ways that teams like to, to, uh, to throw pass rushers off on the edge is running read option at them and making them the option man, you know, putting them in conflict. And it's not really something you can do that well against him just because he's got a seven foot six, something like that reach, you know, his wingspan is just engulfing. Um, And then as far as free agency goes, I think Caleb McGarry would be a good fit. Um, And, we can we can obviously go to any Colts defensive guys like Bobby Okariki or uh, Rocky Asins, a free agent, and that's one of Eberflus' guys. So I'm curious to see if they go after him quite a bit because cornerback isn't really a need, but you can always have have more more good corners. And I don't know what type of contract he's going to demand right now. Um, Deron Payne is an obvious one that we all like, but like Aaron said, it's, it seems like he might not be getting out of Washington. Um, another guy who I do like though, and in, in a similar spot is uh, I think it's Draymond Jones out of Denver, the nose tackle three tech. Um, I think he's a guy who could be a, who could be a good value pickup for the bears. Uh, but unfortunately there's not much at receiver that excites me. And that's where I really wish there was something that excited me. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Well, I think it's going to be, I, I think that Poles is going to have to get really creative in addressing receiver and you know, obviously there's always the 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 next year thought of, well, next year's draft class is going to be better. Next year's free agency class is going to be better. And I do think at least from the top end standpoint, I do think that you're probably looking at a better uh, receiver class next year in the draft, which kind of makes me wonder. It's like, do the Bears go out and do they make another trade? Um, you know, and I, I don't know how well that will work out. Do they wait for somebody like Keenan Allen to get cut? I It almost, to me, it almost feels like their best bet at this point in time would be to sign kind of like an aging vet or you know give up like a third or fourth round pick for an aging vet like you know I don't know DeAndre uh Hopkins or something like that or you know like I said if Keenan Allen gets free somebody like that where you know maybe you're not counting on them long term but I think a lot of people forget that during rebuilds there are still veteran stop gaps that come in and I think especially at receiver the Bears have to improve they can't go out at least in my opinion they can't go out and give Alan Lazard or Jacoby Myers or whatever huge money and then say, all right, well, we're good. We got three guys that are number twos. We can figure it out because, you know, they're one injury away from being right back in the same position that they were the majority of this year. Um, I actually am curious, and I guess this will probably be my last question for you, just because you are a Texas Tech guy. I mean, we're two, two big 12 guys here. <laughs> my biggest concern uh, with, uh, you know, with Tyree is the fact that it, it feels like, to me, yes, he's extremely strong. He's extremely long. He does fit a lot of what the Bears would be looking for, probably in that, I would say, probably more of a defensive end. I guess you could slide him in, you know, inside if you wanted to during, like, pass rushing situations. My bigger concern with him is just more of, you know, what's, you know, do you think that he's going to have enough bend, um, you know, at edge to be successful overall? Or do you think he's just going to be more of a power rusher? Like, what's your overall take on that? Because I think that that's kind of my big hang up with him right now in terms of saying, okay, I would feel comfortable if the Bears traded back to number four and, you know, taking him over, let's just say, you know, somebody like Will Anderson, if Will Anderson was still there. Yeah, I mean, so I do think bend gets a little overrated. Like, you either have elite bend or you don't have it. I don't feel like there's not much. I don't feel like there's a lot of middle ground there. And there's a lot of guys who I think are successful without it, as long as they have the traits that allow you to be successful without it, like that strength and the speed, the quickness, the length that you see with a guy like Tyree Wilson. I mean, I, I think he is just not fun for anyone to block. And I think that there are players like that in the NFL. I mean, I think, to throw it back to the guy I mentioned, Buckner. Buckner never had bend. He played defensive end in San Fran before moving in, inside um, and did it pretty darn well. Um, so I do think that, especially as I watch uh, as I watch Will Anderson, like he is such a different prospect than we've seen as far as like you know the elite edge rushers go. 
where he wins with a lot of technique. He wins with his speed, obviously, and his technique is a big part of his strength. You know, he he keeps himself in positions that he can win. Uh, but I'm not sure that his bend is actually near the near the top of this class when I watch him. I, I see a guy who is crafty, strong, fast, but I don't see a guy who's just, you know, bending like Gumby around the edge. Like, I don't think he, he's close to a, um, a Will McDonald, who I mentioned earlier, on the on the bend aspect. So I do think it is something that gets a little bit overblown and just in my, my honest opinion. Um, and I think it's something that Wilson will be able to – play in the NFL just fine, despite not having that that high-end bend that you ideally look for. Quentin, my last one for you. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Make a prediction for uh, this weekend Super Bowl. Who do you have winning? Um, and, and give us a final score. Give me Casey by three. Okay. Kansas City by three. Let's say uh, – Let's say 20, 26, 23. Okay. I know, I know you're a betting man too. Um, so do <laughs> yes, you, sir. so um, do you have any uh, props you like or anything like that? Yeah. So uh, we're actually recording our shaving points. Give, give us one. We, Cause I, I want people to go to your podcast, but just give us maybe yeah. one. So the juiciest one for me is uh, I believe it's, Justin Watson for Kansas City wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, he so here I'll, I'll tell you how I how I got to this first. So thinking it through, the Eagles Vic Fangio is high, heavily involved with their defense. Right, he is a he is their one of the top assistants for their defense coordinator uh, Jonathan Gannon, and so they're, they're a heavy you know quarters team and when I look up this all started because I was looking up how Kelsey did against quarters based teams so I looked at the Broncos because I think they're still running heavy quarters I looked at the Chargers and one other team I don't remember but as I'm, I'm looking through these game logs I also start noticing Justin Watson has a like 30 plus yard reception in every one of these games so Clearly, my thought process is when the Chiefs are playing against quarters-based teams, they are finding a way to leak out Justin Watson once or twice a game for some deep routes. So I like Justin Watson. Oh, I think his prop is at like 17 and a half. I, I juiced it up to 28, over 28 yards. And if you really want to get juicy with it, you can just say Justin Watson anytime touchdown. All right, I like it. I have I uh I have not heard that prop bet yet. Um, but I, I do like it. That's very interesting. <laughs> it feels like there's always something like I don't want to say like crazy, but like either a player prop or um something wild that kind of happens at the Super Bowl where like some guy, you know, someone will rush for, you know, 30 yards and like their their prop will be like, you know, 10 or so, something crazy yeah. like that. So that that's actually a good one. Um so, yeah, pl- so pl- Watson only has 315 yards in the season, and I'm pretty okay. sure like 150 to 200 of that came in six games against oh, wow. heavy defenses. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so plug your podcast and uh, tell us where everyone can follow you on Twitter at as well. Yeah, so it's Shaving Points Podcast. Uh, 
we're really just a football podcast. We talk college, we talk NFL. We're going to give you our bets along the way, but we, we talk, talk and break down all the games that we're going through and try to talk as much, you know, scheme and stats and thought process and just really match up uh, the matchup that we're, we're watching for in every game that we talk about, usually talk eight to 10 games a week. Uh, and you can find that on any podcasting platform or at shaving-points.com. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Buckistats. Um, and I do my writing for ONTAP Sportsnet. And I also uh, have a podcast called Bears on Tap that I'm on every week. Awesome. Do you guys ever, uh, I know the waste management is this week. Well, Phoenix open, um, is this weekend. Do you guys ever combined? Like, I know some sites let you do like a, uh, a parlay where you can get the winner of the, of the waste and then the winner of the Super Bowl and some other stuff. You guys ever uh, dabble into that at all? Um, you know, so we have, uh, on tap bets is a podcast over there and it's mainly a golf betting podcast. So that, that they're they're talking through the uh, weight the waste management tonight. Okay, uh, but um, I'll, we we don't I don't think we have any promos with it. Okay, yeah, I'll have to I'll have to listen. It's, it's the best weekend. You you watch the waste and then boom, you lead right into Super Bowl and it's, it's, <laughs> it is great. Um, Quinn, thanks again, man, for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it. We'll have you on sometime again, uh, maybe before the season starts. Maybe catch up and see how things are doing. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.